Welcome to the Ambassadors for Christ Outreach Ministries podcast. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Are you excited to be here? Amen, amen. We welcome each and every one of you to AFC, Ambassadors for Christ Outreach Ministries. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. Let's go jump right into the word on this afternoon. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 6. Yes, Lord. And verse 33. If you have it, say amen. Amen. It says very simply, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Somebody say these things. things. Shall be added unto you. I want to talk about for a few minutes on this afternoon, first things first. (coughs) First things first. Matthew chapter 6 is in fact the 6th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament of the Holy Scripture. This chapter contains the middle portion of the Sermon on the Mount. It includes both the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer. The Sermon on the Mount, you see, is in fact the longest running commentary of Jesus Recorded in the New Testament running through chapters 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount is generally considered to contain the central tenets, if you will, of Christian discipleship. The first part in uh, Matthew chapter 6 verses 1 through 18 deals with the outward and inward expression of belief. Referring to almsgiving, which means simply giving to the poor, yeah. private prayer, and fasting. Yeah. Uh, this part of the chapter is sometimes called the discourse on ostentation. Uh-huh. Goes over the three most important outward expressions of Jewish belief. Almsgiving, giving to the poor, prayer, and fasting. All right. Jesus endorses the standard teachings that these acts are important. Throughout this section, he stresses that worship and piety should not be uh, ostentatious and ideally should be done in secret. I know you've never heard that before. He he strongly uh, uh, conveys to the people or prohibits those who make public display of their belief, which can be understood as teaching that those who are pious to impress others will only impress people and will do nothing or little in their lifetime to impress God. Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 34, the second half of chapter 6 deals with possessions and the issues of uh, prioritizing and trusting God's word. The first part uh, in in Matthew 19, verse 24, has three elements about two treasures, two eyes, and two masters. The second part in Matthew 25, uh, uh, chapter 6, 25 through 34, deals with trust in God. Uh And also has three elements and provides reasons 
for not being anxious. Right. It concludes, uh, its conclusion includes our focus scripture on this afternoon, verse 33. One of the most profound lessons that I learned as we were on our church trip uh, last month in Kentucky is how one simple decision yes, created a canon of separation from what God created us to be versus what we are today. Yes, what was that decision when Adam and Eve decided to eat of the tree? Right. We learned that not soon after man was created, he was overwhelmed by a sinful nature that sent our very existence into a horrible whirlwind of turmoil that distanced us from the Lord. Yes. As we embark on our second year in ministry, the Holy Ghost inspired me in my study to have this brief conversation with the body of believers that belong to AFC yes, in regards to first things first. Yes, in this next year, God has so much in store for this ministry yes, and everyone connected to it. Yes, I know that it seems cliche to say in the house of God, but let me remind you of the promise that God made to us in year one. Yes. In year one, we declared that it was the year of what? Expansion. God had promised that year one would be a year of expansion in at least three areas, financially, both for the ministry and in our personal lives, uh, a growth of membership and in the understanding of who he is and how he operates. Yeah. 2018 has proven, I don't know about in your life, but has proven to be just that and much more. We have experienced God in such an amazing way. Some of us have started new jobs and careers, overcome health issues, blessed others with vehicles uh, and other blessings, launched businesses, attained promotions on the job. We've gotten financial blessings, purchased new cars, moved into new uh, homes and, and apartments, helped feed over 20,000 people in other countries that we will never meet. We gave to the poor, provided Christmas uh, to the less fortunate, experienced God personally in ways we haven't experienced before. So this goes on because 2018 is not done yet. As we enter into our second year of ministry, God has already begun to show himself great, beginning with a simple answer to a, a year-long prayer. I don't know if you realize or if you knew it or if you were here on our last service, but uh, God blessed us and answered our prayer to open up the opportunity for us to have a morning service. Yes! Yes! But your neighbor say, man, you really got to be on time. Year two will be a year when God draws people from every creed, every color, and every generation to AFC. A year where our faith in him will be strengthened. A year where we can truly sink our teeth into what uh, being an ambassador is all about. But there is, there is preparation and sacrifice that is required as we move into our next year. God commands us to seek his kingdom first in at least 
three areas of our lives according to scripture. It is important that we pay close attention to this sermon and take notes on these three areas because I truly believe that if we all collectively follow God's instructions, not only will, we, will, will the church reap a great harvest, but so will our lives be blessed beyond imagination. The scripture says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. This simply means that before we commit uh, to any other entity or area of our lives, we must seek God first. The first area that we must seek God in is our time. Somebody say time. time. Ephesians 5 and 15, it says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. In a lifetime, the average North American will spend, watch this, six months sitting at a stoplight, eight months opening junk mail, one year looking for misplaced objects, two years unsuccessfully returning phone calls. Five years waiting in line, six years eating food, and 21 years watching television. An article was published entitled, If You're 35, You Have 500 Days to Live. The article went on to contend that when you subtract the time you spend sleeping, working, tending to personal matters, eating, traveling, doing chores, attending to personal hygiene, and add in the miscellaneous time stealers, in the next 36 years, you will only have 500 days to spend as you wish. Think about how you would spend time. When all of the necessary things are done, how much time is truly left? God did not give us all, uh, uh, all of us the same amount of talent, nor Did he give us the same amount of wealth? But he did give us the same amount of time. Stick with me, I'll understand. Imagine, imagine if you will, that a bank credits your account each morning $86,400. No balance can be carried over to the next day. Any balance is deleted each evening. Uh So my question to you is, what would you do when you knew that you would not Use all of your daily balance. Why, for me, I withdraw every single penny. (laughs) You have such a bank, and and so do I. This this bank that I'm talking about is called the Time Bank. You see, every day we are credited by God with 86,400 seconds. Every night, that which we have not used is debited from our account. The Time Bank allows no overdrafts. There is no going back for a second chance. Time bank does not allow borrowing from tomorrow, and of course, there is no leftovers. The clock ticks away, never waiting for anyone to catch up to it. All of us have to realize the value of our time. How do we value one year? Uh Just simply ask a student who failed a grade. Uh How do we value one month? 
You should simply ask a mother whose baby arrived prematurely. Yeah. How much do we value one week? For the sailors trapped in a submarine on the ocean floor, it was the difference between life and death. How much do we value one hour? Ask someone who missed a connecting flight because their first flight was delayed by an hour. How much do we value one minute? Ask someone who has a heart, had an heart attack in a restaurant and just so happened to be sitting next to the table where a paramedic was having dinner. How much do we value one second? Ask an Olympic swimmer who just missed qualifying by three one thousandths of a second. Time is money, we say. But in reality, time is not money. Because if you lose money, you can always make it up in other ways, but time is not a renewable resource. Whatever time we have lost is gone forever, never to be returned to us again. Time is infinitely more valuable than your money will ever be. We are called to be good stewards of all that God has given us, and that includes your time. But more than that, in other words, uh, in the words of Apostle Paul in today's reading in Ephesians 5, we are called to redeem the time. Yes, sir. What does it mean to redeem the time? The word redeeming can be translated by, by buying up or purchasing. Uh-huh. The word time is in this text is not the Greek word chronos, which means clock time that is measured in hours, minutes, and seconds, but it is the Greek word kairos, which means time is regarded in its strategic, epoch-making, seasonable, opportune season. In other words, rather than being called to be good time managers, God calls us to be good opportunity managers. It is not just the time, but it's also the timing. It is not just counting the minutes, hours, and days, months, and years, but making the minutes, hours, days, months, and years count. Tomorrow we will be given more hours, but we may never have the same opportunity again. God wants to remind us that we should be capitalizing on every opportunity that he presents us. You see, as ambassadors, our use of time should always weigh in favor of the works of God not spent on trying to attain worldly possessions. In this next year of our ministry, God is going to challenge each of us to commit more of our time to him. Whether it be spent assisting the poor or in worship service, we are called to commit our time first to the kingdom of God. Secondly, the Bible tells us that we must seek God first in our talent. Somebody say talent. Now, if you go down to Colossians uh, chapter 3, 23 and 24, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Uh Now, unfortunately, the word talent is often misunderstood. 
we automatically think of special abilities, you know, such as playing uh, an instrument, singing uh, in a choir, writing poetry, dancing, ballet, and perhaps an athletic ability in terms of basketball or football. But in the context of evaluating those things we possess that may be useful in service, the word talent has much a much wider meaning. Yes, it does include those artistic and athletic abilities we usually think of, but it also encompasses much more. Let me try to expand the way you look at the, uh, the talents God has given you. Let's start with your unique personality and character traits. You are outgoing and uh, uh, contemplative and determined and stubborn and visionary and thoughtful and goofy and funny and outgoing. All of these parts of you describe how God uniquely made you. There are also characteristics that God intends to use in your service to him. Your talents also include your life experiences. Each of us, understand, has a unique life history made up of our family backgrounds, educations, per per uh, professional and work histories, experiences, and the wisdom gained from them, relationships, and connections. No one has ever lived the same life as you have. And that is the one thing that makes your puzzle piece, if you will, extraordinary. We also have interests and passions that God has placed in our hearts. Uh, uh, Bono uh, has a passion for Africa. William Wilberforce had a burning desire to end slavery. Connie Wick had an interest in lobbying for on behalf of the poor. You may love animals and care deeply about the environment. You may be fascinated by politics and passionate about running marathons, but whatever your objects of deepest interest that they may provide clues to your particular way of serving. Yes, Thus, when you consider our talents, we need to consider all of the above. Our abilities and personalities, our passions, pursuits, knowledges, uh, our experiences, relationships, and our networks. These are your talents. These things are all resources we possess that can be used in one way or another. Finally, the Bible tells us that each of us has been giving, given spiritual gifts that we are to use in building up of the church, the body of Christ. These scriptures are, are, are listed in Romans chapter 12, Corinthians chapter 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. These in, include such gifts as spiritual discernment and giving and leadership and mercy and administration and teaching, uh, evangelism, wisdom, and exhortation. Yeah. We are told that God has distributed these gifts throughout the church to equip his people to do the work of the kingdom. Yes, For a follower of Christ, uh, discerning one's spiritual gifts is an important part of understanding just how and where he or she can be best served in furthering the work of the Lord. Yes. To help various organizations have made, uh, have made a number of assessment tools available on the internet. Back 
uh, it, when I was at my father's church, we took an assessment that told us what our spiritual gifts were. Yeah. I challenge you to check them out one day. Maybe we'll go through it here. Uh, when you think about your talents, uh, you have to offer, think in these broad terms. Not just in terms of a specific ability you might have. Uh, most of us have a lot more to offer than we give credit for. The Apostle Peter was an impulsive and passionate person, a fisher by trade. God used his passion and impulsiveness to make him a fisher of men. Peter became the entrepreneur God used to launch the first century church. Paul, a man who, was pers who persecuted the church in the same century, was a, a zealot in, uh, with a brilliant mind, uh, a deep knowledge of Jewish theology, and a gift for scholarship and writing. He was also a Roman citizen, something that played heavily in his various arrests and imprisonments, leading him ultimately to Rome for his trial. Yeah. God used every dimension of Paul's ability and circumstances after his conversion on Damascus Road. Even his imprisonment turned out to be a talent used by God as Paul wrote most of his letters from the prison cell. Sometimes just the position we occupy, listen, not even our abilities or, or personal uh, pers personalities can be used by God. But the question is, are you willing to lend your talents to the Lord? God has strategically placed you in this ministry because you possess the resources needed to get the job done. We are not waiting for other people or someone else to join so that they can be leaders. God called each and every one of you to be leaders in your own right, in your communities, on your job, and in your household. So God not only requires us uh, the, the, to be uh, seek him first in our time and in our talents, but also in our treasures. Yes, now, most church folk don't like this subject, but Matthew chapter 6, 21, it says clearly, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You can always gauge a man's priorities by where he invests his money. Have you ever been around someone who is always bragging about what they have and how much money they possess and how much they got in the bank? You know, church folk have no issue with giving up their time and their talents for the work of the ministry. But as soon as the pastor uh, gets up and talks about the tithe, we mentally head for the exit. God is about to put AFC in position to bless twice as many people as year one and is going to take a 100% effort of every working adult in the room to ensure that the finances of the ministry are stable. Yes, sir. Months ago, I did a demonstration that proved to each and every one of you in our financial seminar, uh, uh, sem seminar uh, that our, the resources financially is already in the house. Yes, However, there have been plenty of Sundays, I'll be totally honest with you, I've never uh, hid anything from you, Amen. where we've walked away, people of God, and haven't even raised $30. Yes, sir. In year two, we must be able to trust God with our treasures more 
than we did in year one. The scripture says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So think for a moment and ask yourself, you don't have to answer out loud, based on my giving, is my heart truly committed to God? Could you imagine how many people, uh, how many people we could bless if each of us were committed to just our 10%? I have never seen a shortage of money in my life, in my personal life, when I decided to see God first in my treasures. God promises us in Malachi 3, 10 through 12, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me, God says, I dare you. Says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessings that you won't have room enough to receive. I will prevent pests from devouring your crop and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe. Verse 12 says, then all the nations will call you blessed. People will see that you are blessed because you tithe. God says that when we fully commit, uh, not just with our time and talents, but with our treasures, that he will not only give us bountiful blessings, but he will also protect our harvest. I don't know about you, but I don't want no rabbits, no wolves, and no insects messing up my harvest season. God is getting ready to bless those uh, who trust him with his treasures in year two. Uh, it doesn't take faith to give your time. Yes, it simply takes commitment and discipline. Yes, sir. Well, some of us might be saying in our minds, I can't afford to pay my time. Yes, I can't afford to give my funds to the ministry. But I say, uh, you can't afford not to pay your time. Yes, if ever there were a more lucrative investment than God, we'd be buying that stock. But God has ordained and promised to bless to bless those who can trust him with your treasure. Yeah. I pray for the day when we can manage programs that better the lives of widowed and battered women. Yeah. I long for the day when we can provide shelter for those whom have no place to live. Yeah. I long for the day when we AFC can open facilities where our children can come and learn how to express themselves in the performing arts and provide a safe haven from the violence of the streets for our young people where they can come and be exposed to a world filled with love, faith, and unity. But all of us, all of this starts with our treasure. You see, Augustine, a philosopher, says that bread which you kept belongs to the hungry. That coat that you preserve in your wardrobe to the naked. Those shoes which you are rotting in your possession to the shoeless. That gold which you have hidden in the ground to the needy. Wherefore, as often as you are able to help others and refuse, so often did you do them wrong. Never hesitate to be a blessing in someone else's life. The only way that you can be replenished is if you pour out to someone else. One of the most profound things I've learned in, in pastorship is when I was at John Hanna's uh, pastoral convocation and he taught, he gave us a picture of, of, of with nothing in it. Yes. And on it, it says, I live to pour. Oh, yeah. 
and it represents or recognizes that the more God fills me up and the more I pour out, it gives me opportunity to be filled up by God again. So I live by that in every aspect of my life. The more I give of myself, the more I give of my monies, the more I give of my talents, I understand that the Bible declares that God will fill me up again. I don't know about you, but I enjoy being filled up by God. Matthew chapter 6, 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, somebody may be asking, what are these things? The answer is right in the text. It says what you shall eat and what you shall drink and what you shall wear. You see, the Bible says, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. You've got to understand that you serve a God that specializes in providing for everything you need. God is calling us to seek him first in our time and in our talents and with our treasures. I pray that this message on this afternoon encourages and empowers, not discourages, us to reevaluate our commitment to God and to the work of the kingdom so that we may be able to change lives for the better. God has called this church to be an out reach ministry. This church was never designed to gather people to be puffed up and obese with the word and not be willing to, to share that diet with the people outside the door. God has called each and every person that commits to this ministry to be a people that it goes out and is not afraid to be used by God to affect someone else's life. I want to ask membership in year one how many people did you affect with your ministry outside of here look around how many people did you invite to church how many people did you invite to the relationship of God not just to come and check a box on a Sunday but to grow in God to understand their creator to understand how he operates to be covered by his blood how many of you walk out of these doors and are inspired to go and be a game changer how many of you are inspired to leave here and be atmosphere shifters. I don't know about you, but I'm decreeing and declaring over here too that every ambassador under the sound of my voice will gain up the courage and the bravery in the spirit of God and in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost to not be afraid to go out and tell the world about how good God has been in your life. God has given you a test but also a testimony not for you to throw up your hands and tell the church about what God is doing, but for you to go out and walk the streets and say, child, you don't understand what I had to go through. You can't understand what the hell I had to deal with, but you ought to look at me and realize I serve a God that is able to do anything. You have been called for this time to go out and heal the sick. You've been called this time to go out and attend to the poor. You've been called for a time such as this to go out and be the instrument that God is going to use to bless somebody else's life. If that is you in the house, you ought to just say, use me, Lord. 
Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise all over this house. Come on, if you committed with me in year two that we're going to be a church that can move forward. We're going to be a church that can touch lives, just not English, but Spanish and Polish and African and Jamaican and every language. Oh, y'all don't believe me. Y'all ought to see what God has shown me. I don't just say it because it sounds good, but God showed me a body of people that represents every color, every creed, and every generation, every shade of skin. No matter if you're black or white, God is going to send them this way. Every creed, no matter if you used to be Muslim or Buddhist, God is sending them this way. Every generation, from the youngest to the oldest, God is sending them this way. This is the calling of the church of God. Somebody ought to give God a shout up in this way. We hope that this message has blessed you and can carry you through your week. For more information, visit www.afcoutreach.com.